This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Peter Klein on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. show that show is sportsnet today i'm logan he's peter cam and taylor in the other room they're producers they do adequate work here we're coming to you live from the doug lacy's basement systems downtown steals gonna see if anybody had any say about that but apparently not i've uh, given up from for doug lacy's basement systems as we have on you uh, crack Foundation, <laughs> Boeing Foundation Walls, Boeing Friendship Walls. <laughs> we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. The DLBasementSystems.com. Kicking off the sports drive. Yeah? yeah? No one knows what that means except for me because I'm an idiot. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask why a restricted key system can keep your business safe. Yes, your business safe, PK, even through employee turnover. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Hour two was all things football. Stamps report with Patty Dumas. NFL quarterback tier list with Mike Sando of The Athletic. You want uh, your football talk, check out hour two of the podcast. It'll be up sometime whenever cam decides to do some work wherever you get your favorite podcast google amazon spotify or your favorite podcast would be up much faster if taylor was doing the pods but it's cam so <laughs> you'll just have to wait i mean not not pods. defending him but don't why then is it don't <laughs> then don't why are we being mean to cam don't right worry now about it. it's none of your like business. today today is just be mean to cam day taylor if you We've had nothing but good things to say about you. If you want that to change, if you would like to join Cam, we can do that. I don't want that to happen for you. I think you. I Me mean neither. But I'm just. I'm just asking. That. I'm just asking if it's be me to Cam Day. Is it like I a mean, national it's just, holiday? It's just Wednesday. Kay. This is what we call Wednesday here. Okay, got it, got it. So, just another day at the office. Yeah, I think that's fair. In fairness, nothing that I've said is untrue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to be fair, you are as awful as we say you. <laughs> yeah. This like, is so true. <laughs> like, if I was lying, sure. Come then we down have a real me. problem because yeah. you'd be lying. But because you're saying the huh. truth, it's okay. No, like, Even like if it hurts I, my our feelings. Boss is listening. He and knows. I'm going to go home and I'm going to cry. Just I've been friends. there. Yeah. Welcome to sports media, buddy. Yeah. Live radio. <laughs> You haven't think it's, cr- think you it's haven't, except for Radko Gudis, you, you have no idea. You, you haven't <laughs> cried after a shift. Have you even worked a shift with us? Real. Jeez. I love I love this text from Wedley that says, which will happen first, Cam uploads hour one or his car returns from the shop. Oh, oh. Well, hour one is up. Wedley coming in hot. Is on its way. Uh Wedley, you're uh a hundred percent accurate. Uh, definitely it'll be Cam's uploading because there's no chance that car is coming out of the shop anytime soon. I'm missing something on this one. 
Cam bought a car. Good for you. Yeah, good for Thank him, you. right? Um, this was like sucks. It does. It really does. <laughs> he wants to be the Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. Both of those but Fast and the Furious. Now he's the the, the walking slow and, and the, the upset. The walking <laughs> in the public transit. Um, Taylor, it's fair to say that I feel almost as often as Cam has had said car. Said car has also been in the shop. Oh no! I'm like, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in the amount of time that he has owned this car, half of it it has been in the shop. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, and it's gotten to the point where Cam has expressed things like, "Don't meet your heroes," to equalize. <laughs> I've become him very buying his dream car and never having right. it. Right. He's equated that to "Don't meet your heroes." Man, I'm thinking about picking up stoicism. Uh, I'm becoming very philosophical after this whole Aaron dilemma. Dad joke Vickers has even come down on him about vehicle ownership. That's rough. It's not good. No, that's that's a ah uh, that that can be so fr- I mean, pick a better car, but that can be so frustrating. <laughs> uh, when, when those sorts of you things happen, idiots. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's not your dad. fault somehow. I know nothing about the situation nor the car you bought, but this is somehow your fault. <laughs> it's a Subaru. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> My bad. It's all about it. family now. <laughs> Stop. You can go rock climbing. <laughs> it's actually that song from Charlie Puth and Wiz Khalifa is actually about Cam's car. Yeah, it's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll see you. Uh, hey, one day. See you again. Hope the sequel is better <laughs> than the movies after that. That's the, you thought it was about Paul Walker. It's actually about Cam never seeing his car again. Cam's gonna try to drive it out of the Bow Building into another equally tall building. <laughs> Bow building to, to the tower. Calgary tower transfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two things Cam loves, his car and his family. Real. Lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Which is ironic for Cam. Um, wow. For other reasons. <laughs> oh, my God. Pull after pull after <laughs> shot after I feel, shot. I feel a little bad about that one. <laughs> like half bad about that one. That was so out of pocket. <laughs> Wow. I mean, in love. Like, I mean, like, it's just, of all the things to do, never mind. We're not going to. We're just, okay. Just reset. (laughs) Tell me about Boba And uh, (laughs) This was a good text from Jamie, too, at 960-960, where you can always reach us. It doesn't have to be sports-related. We're just having some fun today. Uh, Jamie texts in and says, I literally drove by a Doug Lacey's truck in Kensington. I was thinking to myself, all years I've been listening to 960 and hearing about basement systems. I don't think I've ever seen a truck before. Oh. And then you guys do the ad and promo awesomeness. Yeah, I mean, Doug Lacey's everywhere. You know yeah. what? I'm going to be honest. Doug Lacey's came and fixed my basement. Really? Yeah. Nice. Did you Huge. have a Boeing foundation wall? I had crack a crack foundation. foundation. Oh, no. And they, <laughs> had, a, they had a permanent solution for yes. your basement? Yes, they did. Damn right they did. You know what? Like, my basement, like, my room, it was cracked in the foundation, and they came and fixed it for me. I love so. Good stories, like good, yeah. Don't good tell me you needed radon mitigation like too. That's they haven't, but it should probably. <laughs> That's the next promo cam. We'll get oh, to that my, in the uh, fall. Uh, Worry about your radon in the fall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, how to transition from that is is well beyond my pay grade, but I'm going to try. The Blue Jays uh, trying to stay out of the basement in the east. Uh, am I right? Yeah, they're not doing a very good job. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, let, we'll get to the game against Baltimore in a, in a minute here. Taylor's got a Jays report that we'll get to. Um, but I think everyone still sort of waiting on 
uh, the Boba Shet of it all since yesterday and, you know, Paul DeYoung being acquired. We got news today uh, from John Schneider that uh, Boba Shet is indeed uh, heading to the IL. Here's Jay's manager, John Schneider, just a, a few moments ago uh, in Toronto. Yeah, Bo's going to go on the IL uh, with right patella tendinitis. Um, we're taking it day by day right now. Um, just, you know, seeing how he responds to, you know, everyday treatment, everyday activity, and uh, really taking it day by day. So a 10-day IL stint for Bo Bichette. Uh That's the news as part of the Jays roster moves this afternoon uh, that include, obviously, Bichette to the 10-day injured list. Thomas Hatch has been recalled from AAA Buffalo, will be active for tonight's game. Nate Pearson back to AAA Buffalo, and Paul DeYoung has reported to the team will be active, and according to John Schneider, is going to make his Blue Jays debut tonight. Well, yeah, he would he's know. He's in there at shortstop tonight. Um, looking forward to, you know, seeing him in action. Got a chance to sit down with him for, you know, a little bit today and, and uh, get to know him and, and what makes him tick. And, um, you know, we're excited to, to have him. You know, he's been, a, he's been a really good shortstop. He's been a good hitter. Um, power right there, too, at that position, too. So, um, you know, excited to have him right now. Uh, but of course, uh, and last piece we'll hear from uh, from John Schneider, uh, the injury and recovery for Bo Bichette, uh, a top priority for the team right now. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to rush it with any player, especially a guy like him. Um, and at the same time, yeah, he's just about as important as it gets to our to our team and to our lineup. So, um, you know, he wants to be out there, obviously, as soon as he can. But we got to be smart. We got to make sure we're doing what's right for him. All things considered, uh, given how everybody reacted to the initial injury and then reacted to Paul DeYoung being acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals, PK. A 10-day IL stint, I think, makes the most sense for the Jays right now. I know, look, we'd love, even even after the two games against Baltimore, which, again, we'll get to in a minute, uh, even though those haven't gone the way that you would have liked, you would like to say that the rest of this season would be about chasing them down, I still think you're in a solid enough spot if you're the Jays, that the 10-day IL isn't going to to hurt you entirely as a team, and this is probably best for Bo Bichette. Yeah, you don't want to lose your season in August, and while it can kind of feel like it's happening right now with back-to-back losses to, to Baltimore, um, having Bo Bichette healthy into September and October is much more important, and Bo is the type of a player that you can't just tell him, hey, Take it easy out there for a couple of days. Like, we'll DH you. Just, just kind of ease up on things uh, a little bit. He is, like, absolutely, more car references, he is absolutely redlining this thing uh, every time he is out there. And so you kind of, you almost need to save him from himself with a, a stint on the 10-day the IL. So I think that this is a, a smart move by the Blue Jays. It helps that you have DeYoung there who can look like um, what was said there. He's hitting fine this year. He It's a nice touch where he, he's hitting lefties pretty well, and that's something that this lineup has had some struggle with, struggles with in the past. So we'll see where he fits in long-term with this team for the rest of the season. But for right now, um, it's a defensive upgrade, and I, I think a rather significant one, actually. But obviously, there you can say all you want about how his power numbers are a little bit better this year. It's not Bo Bichette. So other guys are now going to have to step up in this lineup to to make up for what has been lost with Bo Bichette taking 10 days off. So no Bo Bichette for the foreseeable future, at least for the next 10 days for the Toronto Blue Jays. Trade deadline has now come and gone. We finished off yesterday uh, on the program just as the trade deadline officially hit. The only move for the Toronto Blue Jays winds up being Paul DeYoung 
there's been a lot of mixed reaction to that. Uh, I think a lot of it's been frustration from Jays fans. A lot of it's been a lot of it's been directed towards Ross Atkins uh, and company that this Jays team didn't do more given the situation that they're in, given the position that they're in with some of their younger players. And he spoke to the media yesterday. You would have heard this on Blair and Barker uh, after we finished up our show, but he just talked about what was available to them at the deadline and, and what made sense in yesterday's market as it came towards the trade deadline. And here's what he had to say about, you know, what eventually was out there in this case, wasn't out there for the Toronto Blue Jays. Not really a lot of significant ones. Obviously there weren't a ton of players traded with a lot more players in it. Uh, A lot of the teams that speculated on potentially moving players didn't. Um, Some of the players that were rumored to be, um, you know, coming our way or even available didn't seem to be uh, as available to us. And um, so the most of the deals today that were available to us were smaller in nature and more roster management. And we speculated a bit on that yesterday, Klein, and the fact that I didn't know how many teams there were that were bona fide sellers. Mm-hmm. And in fairness to the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'll say this because I think you do have to look at both sides of it, even if you're frustrated, what bat that moved yesterday would have moved the needle for the Toronto Blue Jays? I would argue none. Yeah. Um, th- there was the, the one that the trade that kind of didn't happen that the, the Jays weren't involved in that I, I would have liked. Um, and it's ironic because it's a player who was with the Blue Jays, but it's not the one that was all the buzz about. Getting a Randall Gritcha coming off of the bench would have been nice. Um, uh, another one that that is moved yesterday that, that I would have liked, I think Josh Bell would have fit what this team needed. But again, is a guy hitting 233 this season going to be the, the difference between a, a Blue Jays run to a pennant and, and just losing out in the wildcard round? Maybe, maybe not. But they, they still had holes that I think needed to, to be filled. And there was a couple of trades where I would have liked that guy on the Blue Jays rather than the Marlins or rather than on the Angels. But as far as what happened yesterday, um, yeah, like it, it was a lot more about what didn't happen than than what did happen. Here's Jeff Blair. He joined uh, Tim McAuliffe on Sportsnet Central to break down the Jays trade deadline and who he sees as the opportunistic players on this Jays roster who can step up in absence of a big trade deadline acquisition. It's a little bit longer clip uh, with Jeff Blair and Tim McAuliffe on Sportsnet Central, but I think Jeff makes a couple of interesting points here about how you can sort of view this trade deadline from a Toronto Blue Jays perspective. Here's Jeff Blair from Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, joining Tim McAuliffe uh, a little bit earlier. Let's yes. talk, talk about the Jays' deadline. What did you think all together? <sighs> you know, my first reaction, like a lot of Jays fans, would be that it was underwhelming. You know, I think we all expected that Ross Atkins was going to go out and add a right-hand hitter. Mm-hmm. And, he, I mean, he made the point. He, he wanted to do that. But, you know... When I look at the players that were moved at the deadline, the position players that were moved at the deadline, I find myself asking, all right, who moved that really would have made this lineup not just better but different? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not certain there's anybody out there that moved at the deadline that really did that. And I think when Shohei Otani was pulled off the market and when Cody Bellinger was pulled off the market, I mean, that essentially took the two impactful bats out of the out of the picture Mm -hmm. and so I mean I hate to be in the fence with this but part of me almost thinks that it's going to come down to this if Bo Bichette misses 
just a couple of weeks, and Vladdy takes off, we're going to forget about this trade deadline. If, if, if <laughs> Bo isn't healthy and Vladdy is what we've seen this year, mm-hmm. then we are going to be looking back saying Ross Atkins should have done whatever it took right. to add that extra offensive piece. So I hate to be on the, on the fence of this, but I, I really do think we need to see how that plays out before we evaluate this trade deadline. I was going to ask you down the line who needs to step up, but I, by the judging of what you just said, you think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is that guy? I mean, Vladdy has kept saying that he wants a multi-year contract. Uh, he said that he wants to commit his long-term future to this team. The organization and his agents haven't been able to come, my understanding, haven't really come close in a contract. Mm. It would be nice for Vladdy to carry this team for the next three weeks, especially given Bo's status. So, yeah, I, listen, I think if you listen to everything Ross Atkins said, kind of implicit is the idea that we think this lineup still has room to improve. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the lineup, it's hard to see Whit Merrifield doing anymore. No, he's been great. You know, maybe Dalton Varshall can, can improve. But my sense is that Ross Atkins was looking squarely at Vladdy, George Springer, and maybe to a certain degree Matt Chapman when he mm-hmm. said that. And, you know, I think back to a couple of nights ago when Bo Bichette got hurt yeah. and Chris Bassett was talking to the media and he was asked about the impact of missing Bo and he said, he's our best player. Right. I wonder if Vladdy heard that because that's kind of been the great debate here all along, right, since these two have come up. Right. Who is the more important of the two players? And when you have a guy just coming out and saying, just calling Bo our best player, I think that's pretty telling. Last one. Yep. Promise. Uh, When I hosted a show where I gave an opinion, I had said that the the Jays' trajectory was in the right spot. There were swings and misses along the way, but the trajectory to this point under the Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro leadership group had been going up. Is this the first time where we can look at maybe the results of what happens here, putting some pressure on at least Ross Atkins as the GM? I thought there was pressure on Ross Atkins after the playoff series last year and after the loss to Seattle, because I think a lot of weaknesses that people suspected were there manifested themselves in that series against, uh, against Seattle. I felt all year that this lineup was incomplete, that there was yeah. something missing from this lineup that suggested there was an ad that was going to be made last offseason yeah. that wasn't made or a trade that was going to be made last season that wasn't made. I mean, I honestly can't believe that there is a world where the Jays sat down and said, let's have a payroll that's the seventh biggest in baseball and have Brandon Belt being an everyday hitter in our lineup. I just, you I, and Barker I, have talked about it all year. I, I don't think there's a world where that happens. Yeah. So um, we need to, again, I feel like I'm on the fence here, but I mean, ultimately this year was going to be measured by how far the Jays went in the playoffs. And, you know, and still will. credit them, both Mark mm-hmm. and Ross at, at the start of the year. They said that will ultimately be how this team is measured. How far will we go in the playoffs? You know, the window, the Bowen and Vladdy window is not widening. It's closing. And I think... The expectations this year were that 
the Jays would take a step forward from last year. I need to be convinced that's going to happen. That's Jeff Blair from Blair and Barker, Sports at 5-9 of the Fan. He joined Tim McAuliffe to talk all things Jays deadline. There's a lot there, PK, but to me, the biggest point that he made that I, I have to agree with is there's no bat coming. There yeah. is no big AAA bat that's waiting for, you know, roster deadline or rosters to expand and, and is going to suddenly come up here and and change the look of this Jays order. To me, the thing that Jeff said that I think I agree with the most is if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wants to be a superstar, if he wants to be a Jay for life, he wants to be all these things, now's a really good time to prove it. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing I think, maybe not the only thing, but I think one of the major things, if you look at Vladdy's body of work as a whole that you could probably point to as an area that you'd like to see him be better at is for me, at least being a clutch hitter, being a guy that's, you know, driving in runs on a consistent basis for this team when they need it. I I would like to see more of that in his game. I think he should be the number three hitter on this team, but he hasn't proven to have those professional at bats. He hasn't proven at times when the Jays need him to always be there. And if there's not, and we know there isn't now because the trade deadline's come and gone, there's not another bat coming. Mm-hmm. Who else can step up? Who can internally this season make the biggest difference right now? I have to agree with Jeff that it's Vlad. Yeah, there hasn't been that stretch where it has been him being like, hey guys, hop on, let's go. There's been that from Bo, that there hasn't been that from from Vladdy. And you, you look at the numbers this season, they're fine. Like, it's not like he is having a terrible year hitting 267. Um, I don't know why these websites jump around. 15 home runs, 50 or uh, 66 runs batted in. But um, WRC plus of 118, which means he is 18% better than league average, which is fine, but that is not at all what we thought we were getting with with Vlad Guerrero Jr., especially at this point in his development. I I do think that the time is now for for him to get back more to 2021 Vlad Guerrero Jr., where he's finishing second in the MVP vote to the greatest spectacle we've seen in in the sport. And one of the things that that kind of gets me with Vlad, we were joking yesterday about Teoscar Hernandez's um, chase rate. Well, Vlad Guerrero Jr. isn't much better. Uh, Vlad's is also hovering around the uh, the thirty percent mark. Uh, he's at thirty three percent. So it, it is. It, it's not a whole lot what we thought we were going to get from him. And yes, like that. If there is going to be an improvement, he is going to be one. I think George Springer absolutely like he's not going to be this bad for for forever. So I, I think a, a George Springer God, step I up. I hope not. Uh, yeah, I, I do think a, a George Springer step up kind of needs to happen as well if the Blue Jays are going to to take those next steps. And the, the frustrating thing about this for Blue Jays fans is aside what it's looked like so far against Baltimore, specifically yesterday, the Blue Jays don't feel that far away, right? And that that is why I was so frustrated at the deadline yesterday. Like, were there a ton of difference makers? No, but you look back again, I feel like uh, I'm those old sports writers who I I hated back in the day, but you look back at 15 
Um, that team was only going to go as far as Bautista Donaldson and Encarnacion took them. But that doesn't mean Ben Revere didn't help. That doesn't mean Chris Cabello didn't help. That, that doesn't mean some of those other guys didn't come in and help. And it, it would have been nice to, with all due respect, to not look at this roster and see Ernie Clement on it today. You know, it, it would be nice to see another, instead of a quad A type of a guy, uh, another major leaguer in that spot to, to be able to, to help this team. And it, it just feels like, well, yes, Vlad and Springer need to step up. If you can get an extra 2% from a few other of those spots, it does help you close the gap as well. So I do think there, while maybe not a gigantic needle mover, there is still room for improvement on this team um, coming out of the debt or going into the well, debt. I mean, absolutely there is. And I think part of the problem is it's, and it's not all on Vladdy's shoulders, by the way. I just, I think he's the guy that, I see as the one that can step up the most in this. And a lot of the problem is that none of them have been on the same page offensively at the same time for any stretch this season, mm-hmm. right? When Vladdy's been good, it's been less from George or less from Brandon belt or the beginning of the second half of Kevin Kiermeyer, where it's been slower offensively. And until this team shows us, I still don't know what they're going to, what they can be offensively. Because I, I haven't, I don't know that at any point this year they've all been trending in the same direction at the same time. And I'm not saying that one through nine have to do that, but if three of your main guys, if four <laughs> of your main guys could certainly do that, uh, I think you'd look dramatically different than you do now. Mm-hmm. And I think it would help you on nights like last night where you're not just having to put up three runs and hope that your starter goes six and you can grind out every win. It's getting to that point where it's like, man. Where are those games where they pop off for seven or eight runs and it doesn't matter if Nate Pearson stays in there for two innings and gives up five earned runs because you're up by seven. There just haven't been enough of those nights for the Toronto Blue Jays and that's how you tax a bullpen. That's how you tax your starters um, with high leverage moments all year long. And there, like I said, there's nothing coming for this team right now. So who is, are they... Are are they are? Uh, it's hard to know if they. This is the team that they're going to be for the rest of the year, and the rest of it's just blind hope that they can get better, right? Or if they needed to take that extra step and bring in somebody. Because I'm with you. We had this conversation yesterday about uh, Ernie Clement and the the final spot of this roster constantly being somebody that doesn't see regular time. Yeah, whether it's Mitch White or Jordan Luplo or whoever it is. Could we not get somebody in here that can contribute on a regular basis and isn't just in there when the game's over or, God forbid, somebody's hurt? Because that's all it's been Yeah, for the Toronto Blue Jays. And yet you can expand on this. You can make it a more difficult... Who cares? I, I'm all for more internal competition. Hell, bring me another first baseman with power. And yeah. sit there and go, hey, look, if I need you, I'm going to put you in there and I'm going to DH Flatty for a couple games. Yep. Haven't even really had that option this year. No, or like when you you have a, a game where the other team goes with a um goes with a lefty, then all of a sudden the, the options just feel so much more limited. Having another righty bat off of the bench sure would have been nice coming coming out of this one. Uh the Jays are back in action against the Baltimore Orioles tonight. It was a disappointing outcome in game two of the series last night. When we come back. Uh, Taylor Dingman has your Jays report. We'll get into what went wrong specifically for Hunjin Ryu early on and what we're expecting to see out of the Jays tonight as they turn to Yusei Kikuchi. We'll also get you the starting lineup for the Jays. That, as Sportsnet Today rolls on, 
here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Peter Klein on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. What's well, a Jays trade deadline talk kick off the hour? Maybe the only thing that made it worse than the Jays not going out and getting a impact bat was the fact that the Baltimore Orioles continue to have impact at bats against the Toronto Blue Jays specifically. Yeah, it doesn't help. Not not a lot of fun when the other team seems to hit the ball all the time. Makes me sad. Mm. But it was the return of Hunjin Ryu on the mound from Tommy John surgery. He got better as the game went on. But uh, what else do we need to know from last night's game for the Blue Jays? Time for today's Jays report. Turn it over to Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. Yesterday was not the bounce back the Blue Jays were hoping for. In the top of the first, Ryan Mountcastle stepped up with a sharp line drive double, bringing in Adley Rutschman. But the Orioles weren't done there. Gunnar Henderson followed up with a force out that scored Mountcastle. The Orioles led 2-0. In the top of the second, Adley Rutschman's single to center field added another run for the Orioles. In the bottom of the second, Danny Jansen crushed a two-run homer to left center field, bringing the Jays within one. And Jansen hits it high and deep. Out to left center field. Back at the wall, and it is gone! Number 15 on the season for Danny Jansen. A majestic home run over the high wall in left center field. A two-run shot, and we've got a one-run game. In the bottom of the third, Brandon Belt stepped up with a solo homer to left center, tying the game at three. In the air, out to left field. Backing up Hayes, turning around at the wall, and we are tied! The Orioles regained the lead in the top of the sixth. Gunnar Henderson launched a homer to right field, giving the Orioles a 4-3 advantage. The Orioles continued to pile on runs in the top of the seventh. Ryan Mountcastle's double to left field brought in Jorge Mateo. Gunnar Henderson followed up with a single that deflected off shortstop Santiago Espinal, scoring Mountcastle and Austin Hayes. After the bases were loaded on walks in the eighth, Anthony Santander crushed a grand slam, making it 11-3 for the O's. In the top of the ninth, Ryan McKenna's single to left field brought in Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg, making the final score 13-3 for the Orioles. Hinjin Ryu made his season debut on the mound, pitching five innings and giving up four runs on nine hits. He recorded three strikeouts in his return. In tonight's game, Yusei Kikuchi will be Toronto's starter. Kikuchi holds a 3-5 and record against the Orioles with an ERA of 6 and 38 strikeouts in 10 appearances. Opposing Kikuchi will be Grayson Rodriguez for the Orioles. Rodriguez has allowed two runs on five hits with one walk and six strikeouts in five innings against the Blue Jays. First pitch will go at 5.07, and you can catch the game right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Uh, And yes, Hunjin Ryu back on the mound last night for the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, he was okay. Yeah. I thought he got better as the game went on. And look, I mean, all things considered, coming off of Tommy John surgery, I think you're pretty happy overall with what you got from Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, first game in 400 days. You you can expect that it might take you a couple innings to get back into the swing of things. So um, he was not facing an unskilled lineup by any stretch of the imagination, as has been discussed. Um, So, no, I, I think that he did basically what you would want him to do, uh, get you into the sixth inning, 
keep it relatively close. And then as was brought up there, the wheels kind of fell off after mm. that. But um, A, I've had about enough Ryan Mountcastle in my life for one season. He can uh, he can just straight beat it. But no, this is a, a very good Baltimore Orioles squad. And now for Yusei Kikuchi tonight, he was spectacular in his last outing against the Dodgers. This is a equally as talented Baltimore Orioles team. The, the Blue Jays are going to be relying on him again tonight to come up with a, a couple of big um, or to come up with a big outing to try to get the Blue Jays back in this series. Are we talking about Yusei Kikuchi enough in the season that he's had? I mean... This was a guy we were trying to get rid of last year where we knocked. It was that bad for yeah. Yusei Kikuchi. And now all of a sudden, 8-3 and three with a 3.79 ERA, 109 innings pitch, and 116 strikeouts. Like, the guy has turned it around in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And you look at the, the last three outings after the All-Star break, uh, a win against Arizona. They excuse me, do lose in his outing against the Mariners, but that wasn't his fault as nope. he was five and a third shutout innings. And then the, the six strong that I just brought up against the, the Dodgers. Yeah, no, he has been like, this is for what you could reasonably expect. Obviously best case scenario is he goes out, throws 30 times, 30, no hitters and everything's perfect. But mm. for what you could reasonably expect from a human being um, and, and for, for him, this has been best case scenario. I think so. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if we discuss enough how, valuable Kikuchi has been to just get those consistent uh, four to five innings, sometimes six innings out of him uh, so far this season. Your starting lineup for the Toronto Blue Jays looks like this tonight with Paul DeYoung making his Jays debut. Whit Merrifield continues to lead off for this team. He's playing second base tonight. Brandon Belt is batting second and playing first base. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. moves up to the third spot. He's DHing. George Springer is in right field. He's batting fourth, followed by Matt Chapman at third. Danny Jansen's batting sixth and catching Dalton Varsho in left field and batting seventh. We'll then go DeJong at uh, number eight at shortstop uh, PK and then Kiermaier playing center field and batting ninth. Uh, Interesting to see the move up in the lineup um, with Belt and Guerrero there and Springer coming in at that four hole. I think that's, to me, a, a pretty good indication that um, the uh, manager would like to see some more clutch at bats and some key at bats. George Springer could have a couple of those on his hands tonight from the four spot. Yeah. Um, anytime you move up in the order, that just by definition means the potential for, for more at bats and more big ones late. And you would expect the way Whit Merrifield has been hitting, uh, the way Brandon Belt has been hitting righties, that there's going to be some opportunities for Vlad Guerrero and George Springer to, to step up with, with some couple with a couple of key at bats. And I think that's going to be for a Blue Jays team that just got their lunch handed to them yesterday. I think getting off to a good start tonight is going to be good. Um, and, and so to, to have the potential for the, those four table setters again, if, if everyone's playing the way they should, then that is a, a very dangerous top four of the lineup. It, it's just, it hasn't necessarily been the case for this Blue Jays team this year. So now that this is a good opportunity for Springer, not right at the top of the order, but still getting some important at bats to try to turn things around as the calendar flips from July into August. A couple texts on the Jays at 960-960. Remember the fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. This text says, I think the Jays are in big time trouble. No bow. Boston isn't far back and the angels are going for it with the best player in baseball. Too bad management didn't take advantage of a fan base that is in love with the Jays. Once again, the, question of the teams behind them is one that you can kind of ignore if you uh, want to, <laughs> but uh, that text isn't incorrect, PK, in the sense that there are some pretty good teams behind the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's what I mean. 
it's kind of a weird spot for them. You feel okay where you are. You're in a playoff spot, but now it feels like catching Baltimore is going to be too big of a task. Yeah. And the only moving up you can potentially do is going to come in the form of maybe catching Tampa for first spot in the wild card kind of leaves you with a few less options than you'd like this point in August. Yeah, it, it does, especially with how this series is going. Like, if the Blue Jays want any hope of catching the Orioles, they have to win these next two games. Like, that is, it is it is not a, uh, it's not a want, it's a need at this point if they're going to, to move up in the American League East. So now the focus does turn to uh, finishing in that top wildcard spot. But even that, Tampa Bay is starting to get out of reach with how this series has gone for the Blue Jays as Toronto is now six back of Tampa Bay for the, the top wildcard spot, which means a home playoff game. So if the Blue Jays do not get there, then they have to do as Seattle did to them last year and, and win this series on the road. But the, the, the comment about the Angels is the one that uh, I think is the one that's most pressing because I like Boston is going to hang around and that's not a bad Boston Red Sox team. Um, but I I do not consider Boston as much of a threat. Now, Toronto hasn't played good enough baseball to rule anyone out. Uh, the Yankees aren't a team that scares me at all. Seattle was more of a seller than a buyer at the deadline, but that Angels won. They do have Shohei Otani. Uh, they are getting Mike Trout back. They acquire Giolito. They go out and make a couple of splashes with um, with Grichuk and with Kron. This is, I, I, they picked up another reliever as well, Leon. So the, this is a team that is absolutely going for it and is desperate to make the playoffs with this potentially being Shohei Otani's last year with the Angels. They got that boost from management saying, look, we believe in you. We have to do this. Let's go out and do this. They are the team that I am the most concerned about potentially catching the Blue Jays as we head into August and September. See, it's weird because I don't, I just don't trust the Angels in any way, shape or form. Just given every, and look, I can't argue with any of the points that you just made about, I, first of all, the only one I would, I would say is, I guess we don't know what Trout is when he comes back, how long it's going to take him to get back into that. And frankly, I've seen it before with both of them there. And that hasn't been a, a playoff team anyways um, when they have been together. So until they do it, I, I guess I'll be surprised. Do they have the potential to do it? Sure. I kind of look at the Red Sox as more of a team that's got nothing to lose because they weren't supposed to be in this position anyways, and they can kind of play spoiler. They got to go into the trade deadline and kind of just be free with it. They went out and got an infielder and didn't really have to do all that much more because, like I said, they weren't supposed to be in this anyways, so who really cares what they went out and did? Um, to me, that's they appear to be the more dangerous team than it's funny we have opposite views on on how that goes. I just, the angels have been the angels for me for too long. Mm -hmm. And you want to sit here and tell me now that you want to be competitive because Shohei's finally going to leave you and, uh, and go off into the sunset to greener pastures because you guys have been a joke of a franchise where you've had two of the best players in major league baseball. Um, boo hoo too little, too late for me, uh, for the, for the angels. So, um, I would actually find it funnier if they didn't make the playoffs, but, uh, I just, I, until I see it, I'm just not going to, I can't trust that group. No, that's fair. I, I just, I, I look at the angels and this, even if, even if Mike Trout isn't Mike Trout, when he comes back, uh, they are playing something called Jordan Adams in center field. Um, I, I feel like regardless of what you get from Mike Trout, 
it is going to be greater than that. And so it's going to be an upgrade. You also are presuming you're going to get Brandon Drury back at some point. And while again, he is not grade a six win difference maker, he has had some <laughs> stretches where he has been very, very good this season. And that's another one that helps kind of round out that lineup. They got a, a second pitcher with Giolito to help Shohei Otani. I, I just feel like, well, yes, it is like angels, LOL. Yes, of course, they're going to be making a push. I, I think they were actually smart about it this time because before when the angels were going for it, it was big names and oh, here we come. And then we'll fill out the rest of the roster with a bunch of minimum cheap guys that they have now actually gone out and rounded out the rest of the roster for the Red Sox. I kind of feel like we are seeing peak Red Sox right now. Like I feel like they've kind of got best case scenario out of almost everyone this year. Uh, so I, I feel like being a, a team that's right around like a, a 533 win percentage, that's kind of the, the ceiling they're bumping into. Could they catch the Blue Jays? Of course they could. They're a game and a half back and these two teams play each other. So like that there absolutely could be that. And I could be eating all of my words when the, the Red Sox take two of three from the Blue Jays in, in a, a couple of weeks here. But I... A couple I, of days A couple here. of days now. Yeah, everything's flying. But I I, I just view the, the Angels as a better team at this point than, than I do the Red Sox. But the point is... There are teams behind them that can catch them. And just because they, they sit in the playoffs right now and the, the team's logo is in the, the nice little gray box of the, the standings instead of on the outside looking in does not mean that they are guaranteed that spot. This is going to be a battle all season long. Remember a couple of years ago where the Jays missed the playoffs by a game that this is going to come down to a scoreboard watching on the final weekend of the regular season, regardless if it's the Red Sox, the Angels, the Mariners, or the, the Yankees, or whoever it is. The, the Blue Jays, I think, are going to be in this battle all year. Yeah, the Jays, after they finish up this series with Baltimore on Thursday, will head to Boston uh, for three games over the weekend, then into Cleveland for four against the Guardians, back home for five. Cubs and Phillies are in town, and then into the Reds at the Orioles near the end of August. Guardians again, end of August. Nationals come to town, and then, of course, September is the really interesting month. Out west for games in Colorado and uh, Oakland. Uh, KC, Texas, and Boston come to town in those last two weeks, uh, the end of the season, at Yankees, at Rays, home against the Yankees, home against the Rays. That's a, uh, I think if baseball really wanted to draw up some interest for the last week of the season, uh, you're probably going to get some with the Yankees and the way the Jays uh, and Rays always tend to play these games out down the stretch. Yeah, the, those are those are going to be huge, and that's going to be what the Yankees kind of hold their hat on is that they have six games against the team who holds that last playoff spot in the American League, or sorry, in the American League, um, heading into the last couple of weeks of the season. So if they if they are even within striking distance, they still have a chance, given how the the standings kind of look. But you go through that that schedule. It's not as easy as I think you would have thought it could be when you, you were looking at things at the beginning of the year. The, the Guardians, uh, a couple of interesting moves. They might start to fall off actually a little bit, but the Cubs are hanging around. The Phillies made some win-now moves. The Reds don't look like they're going anywhere. So the, the only real like gimme on the, the schedule right now appears to be Washington. That These are going to be games where, again, if the Blue Jays Chicago. are... Chicago. Chicago hung around. They're, they're not trading anything away. The, the, the Cubs are... Uh, a team that still thinks they can be a playoff team. When you go um, out west, you need to make some hay. Yeah, you need to beat the holy hell out of Colorado and Oakland. Like though that that ha I don't often call like has to be whatever. That has to be six and zero oh, or and like KC. five and one. I mean, even you go, um, yeah. you go three against the Rockies, three against the A's, three against the Royals. Yeah, that has to be like you eight and to, one, seven least, and two. Yeah, at least. that can't be. Oh well, we took two out of three. Isn't that great? There's, no, 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 no. You have to kick the crap out of those teams because that that's it. 
for the easy ones on the, the schedule the rest of the way. The Cubs are just three games out of a playoff spot. They are going to be battling. Now, Marcus Stroman has turned into the worst pitcher in the National League um, since the All-Star break. We but know that Co- happens. Cody Bellinger is playing out of his mind right now. That's a, a decent Cubs team. So it's it they they do not, in my opinion, get lumped in with the, the Nationals and the, the Royals Fair enough. And, and Oakland because that's, that's basically it. The, the rest of those teams are going to have something to play for that this Blue Jays team is certainly going to earn whatever playoff spot they get. This has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restrictive key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnovers at calgarylockandsafe.com. I want to say thanks to all of our guests this afternoon. Uh, Patrick Dumas and Taylor Dingman brought you the Stamps Report and the Jays Report. Mike Sando from The Athletic joined us, talking about his new article uh, up at The Athletic on uh, NFL tiers of quarterbacks with 50 different NFL executives. And in hour one, Tom Galetti joined us from NHL.com, covering the Washington Capitals for our NHL offseason in review. All of those available for you wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Thank you to Cam and Taylor, our outstanding producers this afternoon, for all of their hard work. Thank you to you listening live or on the podcast. You got PK and Aaron Vickers for the rest of the week, so keep it tuned here on Sportsnet today, the guys will get you through the week and leading you into uh, a good, good, big game for the Stampeders on Friday. Uh, more Jays talk coming up this week as well, and I'm sure there'll be some NHL news for the two of you to dive into. It's been uh, great to be back behind the mic with you, pal. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I'm uh, sad to see. I mean, I'm happy you get to take some time off. But uh, yeah, Aaron and I will try to, to hold things down. But this has been a blast, man. I've appreciated it. Really great to see you again, PK. Uh, he'll be back on your radios tomorrow with Aaron Vickers. For tonight, you got the Jays and Orioles pregames coming your way uh, in just a few moments' time here, and then another 507 first pitch. You can hear the Jays and the Orioles right here on Sportsnet 960 or listen on the Sports or watch it on the Sportsnet Television Network. Have a great evening for PK, for Cam and Taylor. I'm Logan. Have a great evening here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.